1: The James Bond series is rife with death of every kind. We've seen villains and henchmen dispatched with giant drills, explosive decompression and even expanding bullets. However, as painful as this all might be, they do at least have an end. So what about when death isn't the final outcome? Throughout the franchise, characters both good and bad have been met with fates that make a giant sea drill in the face feel like a luxury. While some of the misfortunates brought up in this grim list are indeed eventually brought to their end through what could be seen as a mercy kill. Some characters aren't so lucky in how they'll be spending the rest of their days. Spare a thought for the woes of the following unfortunates. I'm Roy Benroy from WhatCulture.com and this is 10 James Bond Fates Worse Than Death. Number 10. Trapped in a lobster pot, Nick Knack, the man with the golden gun. Francisco Scaramanga's butler come enforcer, Nick Knack, leads a miserable existence, doesn't he? With his role in Scaramanga's antics, involving such humiliations as posing as a tiny statue or being sprayed with champagne. All for his amusement. It's no wonder that the sole heir of Scaramanga's vast fortune and estate spends his time in the film lining up assassins to take out his free nippled boss. Yep, you heard that right. Scaramanga has free nipples. As the film culminates, Bond outsmarts Scaramanga in his own funhouse, killing him and seemingly leaving Knitnack to inherit the fortune that he so craves. However in the process of taking down Scaramanga, Mary Goodnight accidentally destroys the whole island, leaving Knitnack's fortune in ruins. Escaping on Scaramanga's luxury junk, 007 and Goodnight are predictably interrupted by nitnak who's out for revenge, who Bond then engages with the franchise's most embarrassing and laughable fight scene. Trapping him in a suitcase, Bond drags him to the upper deck, and yells such high caliber lines as I may be small but I don't forget and let me go you big bully the last we see of nitnack he's trapped in a lobster pot being prosecuted for his crimes is one thing but the sneering laugh of the officer who eventually processes him is eternally another number nine drill torture. James Bond, Spectre. Towards the climax of 2015, Spectre, Bond is held prisoner by villainous Franz Oberhauser, who promptly has him knocked out and strapped to an elaborate-looking torture device. Oberhauser then goes on to describe the exceedingly precise cruel torture that he intends to inflict on Bond, using a tiny drill to probe parts of his brain, to subtly mess with his senses, such as sight, hearing and balance. Eschewing a broader and more visceral form of torture, this scene is tense and blood-curdling, with Oberhauser soon revealing himself to be Ernst Stavro Blofeld. Blofeld's meticulous and sadistic genius is demonstrated to a chilling effect, though Bond escapes the torture before Blofeld is able to truly do anything horrifying, or leave any long-lasting damage, but it's hardly bear thinking just about the lengths that Blofeld would likely have gone to. His intention wasn't to kill Bond, but render him a shell of his former self, with little concept of the world around him and likely without a working bladder. Bond of course is defiant throughout, he even goes as far to taunt Blofeld, urging him to get with it as nothing could have been worse than hearing him talk number eight mutilation and the murdered wife. Felix Leiter, License to Kill Bond's close CIA counterpart and eventual friend really gets put through the ringer in 1989's License to Kill before his merciful retconning in the mid-2000s. The film opens with him and Bond arresting a drug runner before parachuting into Leiter's wedding. Though the happy marriage is cut short on Felix's honeymoon, drug lord Franz Sanchez kidnaps Leiter and has him lowered into a shark tank where he is maimed horribly and his wife, or she's raped and murdered. Leiter's torture and his wife's murder serves as the inciting incident for a very personal revenge mission for Bond, as he is stripped of his credentials and his titular license to kill. Unfortunately, what could have served as an interesting and emotional expansion for Leiter, as he is surely faced with crippling PTSD, would go on to be undermined at the end of the film, light-heartedly yucking it up with Bond over the phone, seemingly already over the loss of his wife and his leg. 007 Dehydration in the Desert Dominic Green Quantum of Solace One of the few leading villains to not be killed on screen, sinister billionaire Dominic Green was presented with an arguably worse fate than death. After stopping Green's plot to gain control of the world's natural resources, On captures him and drives him into the middle of the desert that Green himself has bought. On then hands the wounded villain a can of motor oil, speculating that he's got about 20 miles before he's so dehydrated that he resorts to drinking it. M later reveals the Bond that Green was found in the desert with two bullets in the base of his skull, suggesting that he was eventually executed at the hands of the shadowy criminal organization Quantum. However, in addition to this, he was also found to have motor oil in his stomach, confirming that that he did survive long enough to reach the excruciating levels of dehydration, that he did indeed drink it. The arrival of Quantum's operatives at this point must have been a mercy killing. A stomach full of motor oil and the impending starvation would have been enough to make anyone wish for death. Number 6. Battered and Bruised Balls James Bond Casino Royale James Bond has been through some wince-inducing and frequently elaborate forms of torture over the years. spine stretching on a massage table, being trapped in a centrifuge, and the aforementioned brain-drilling ordeal. But none have been so viscerally brutal as what was enacted upon him by Le Chiffre in the third act of Casino Royale. Stripping Bond down naked and tying him to a chair with a seat cut out, foreboding in itself. Le Chiffre then goes on to talk about how overly complicated torture is pretty needless. Instead, he plans to focus on causing more pain than the man can endure he then produces a length of rope and then proceeds to go to town on 007's testicles every eye-watering crunch accompanied by bond's pain racked screams makes for some deeply unpleasant harrowing scenes the next we see bond he's in the process of recovery the film then thankfully brushes over the next few months where 007 would have looked like he had just got off a horse number five hydrogen cyanide poisoning Raúl silver Skyfall. 2012's absolutely excellent Skyfall brought us, among other things, a truly engaging and sympathetic villain in the form of Raoul Silver, played with a flamboyant menace by Javier Barden, a cyber terrorist who has been releasing the identity of NATO agents operating undercover in the field, leading to their grisly murders. Upon his capture and incarceration, Silver then reveals his motive to Bond and M. It transpires that as a younger MI6 agent, he was handed over to the communist Chinese government by M herself in exchange for a peaceful transition of power in Hong Kong. During his captivity, he was tortured and mercifully interrogated. He even attempted suicide by using his concealed cyanide pill in his back molar, though the attempt failed, leaving him with horrible physical and psychological scars. Removing a facial prosthesis reveals the extent of Silver's enduring injuries, including catastrophic jaw damage, mutilated teeth, and slurred, raspy speech. Silver's immense pain is clearly ongoing, making his reasoning for all this that more chilling and understandable. Number 4. Brainwashing. Blofeld's Angels of Death on Her Majesty's Secret Service. While 007 is operating undercover, as geologist Sir Hilary Bray, he's introduced to 12 beautiful women in the care of a Swiss clinic, which is suspected to be connected to his arch-nemesis Blofeld, much to his delight, the women begin flirting and fawning all over him. The women themselves are international patients of the clinic, undergoing experimental treatments for a variety of allergies and phobias. However, it transpires the women are being brainwashed into releasing a bacterial agent into the world's food supply, at the behest of Blofeld. Blofeld's aim is to hold the global food supply at ransom, in exchange for a pardoning for all his crimes, and to be recognized as a count, or something. And as for Blofeld's angels of death, a psychological torment brought on by the realization that they were ultimately responsible for the decimation of the world's food supply, had the plan succeeded, would have been immense. Living with the guilt of the death of millions of people worldwide is not something that anyone would be able to live with, and would probably be crushing. Number 3. Eternal Insomnia Gustav Graves Die Another Day Sleep is without a doubt one of the greatest gifts known to man. Climbing into bed after a long stressful day or a well deserved lay-in over the weekend. A quick nap on the desk when no one's looking, there's nothing better. Now imagine having all that taken away forever. With insomnia comes an endless feeling of fatigue and the desperation to sleep, but it never comes. It's utterly unbearable. This is what Gustav Graves, the villain of of Another Day, is faced with every waking moment of his existence. Granted, it's a result of gene therapy that he chose to undergo, but it's still not pleasant. Even though Graves has access to a high-tech dream machine, designed to combat the lack of sleep that he suffers. The situation would surely be far from ideal, days, weeks, months, blurring into one with little distinction would wreak havoc on someone's mind. Looking at it truthfully though, Gustav Graves is a snivelling, arrogant, bratty tosspot of a man, and it's really impossible to have any sympathy for him. Seeing Bond throwing him into a jet engine, well that was all too kind. Number 2. A slow, torturous decline, Renard. The world is not enough. Renard, the superhumanly strong villain from The World Is Not Enough, seems to have a pretty sweet deal on the surface. Having survived a bullet to the head, he's lost all his sense of pain, and can push himself harder and further than any living man. The bullet will eventually kill him, but that means he gets to live out the remainder of his days as a hulking Superman, right? Wrong. If we look at this with more of a discerning eye, it's clear that the slow-moving bullet will eventually do more than just disable the man's pain receptors. Much like vascular dementia, Renard will gradually lose all his faculties, such as reasoning, planning, judgment, and memory, and his body and mind will deteriorate hugely. Had Renard survived the final act of the world is not enough, it would only have been a matter of time before he wouldn't have been able to function. Bond plunging a plutonium rod into his chest afforded him an undoubtedly more dignified death than the unpleasant decline laid out for him. Number 1 Immortality, Baron Samadi. Live and Let Die. The last we see is Baron Samadie. And yes, this is how they pronounce it in the film at least. The enigmatic henchman seen in 1973's Live and Let Die, he's riding the front of a train, laughing manically as any good voodoo trickster god should. It's worth noting though, that earlier in the film, Samadi had been seemingly shot in the head. And yes, he did visibly react, even though he did look a bit like a dummy, and was also killed by venomous snakes. Though his death was conveniently swift there. In the one James Bond titled, seems to contain numerous genuine supernatural occurrences, it would appear that Samadhi himself is invulnerable. So it's not a stretch to imagine that the man is immortal, given his parallels with a Haitian god. Of course, his manacle laugh will not last forever. Baron Samadhi will outlive us all. He will see the ice caps melt. He will see the slow extinction of every animal on the planet. Once drought and fire have raged the earth and there's nothing left but dust, Samadhi will wander the ashen hellscape, unable to end his loneliness and torment that will be stretched out for billions of years. Immortality is a curse and Samadhi will one day attest to that hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands and the best part they're all about safe ethical and responsible manufacturing